inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warn them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Good afternoon. It is time for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today brought to you by the Willie Store, family owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington, where one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, house plants, potting supplies, and more in Waitsfield. By Menards, family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Go online to sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. By PR Lumber, Route 15 in Wolcott. That's right. Family milled lumber for all your many projects. PR Lumber, check them out on Facebook. And by Guys Farm and Yard. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. They're online, guysfarmandyard.com, and they have four locations in Vermont. And by Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel, where everything is dandy at Dandelion Acres. They're online at dandelionacres.com. And from his secret bunker in a remote location, undisclosed, here is, maybe it's his root cellar, I have no idea. Here is Peter Burke. <laughs> hey, Joe. Yeah. I'm actually sitting in the middle of the town of Plymouth. <laughs> we just got off the Cape. We spent a week with my son up there. Excellent. And uh, we'll be home in a few hours. But <laughs> I was trying to make it to Waterbury, but forget it. Once I hit the Sagamore Bridge, there was no way. <laughs> oh, well. You should have taken the ferry. No. Well, there isn't one, is there? <laughs> I should, I, I'd say I should have taken the flight, but that'd probably be longer than the drive. <laughs> so, anyway... How are you? <laughs> We're doing well at this end here. Uh, you know, okay. I'm, I'm marveling at an 18-foot, 7-inch sunflower at the Champlain Valley Fair, breaking oh, the Vermont no. record. Oh, yeah. that's wonderful. You know, How I, big is the head of it? Uh, it was huge. You know, it's unbelievable. You know, it's like your giant mammoth sunflower. And, yeah. uh, this, you know, and he's not disclosed. Uh, this uh, fellow, his last name is Young. Um, yeah. And I, I, I forget who, who actually submitted it, but the Young family have been doing this for years. Oh, and, uh, and they have some they, kind of secret. I don't know if they splice genes or splice stems, <laughs> or, but no, apparently it's all on the up and up. And uh, 18 feet, exactly. 7 inches. Can you believe it? Oh, man. No, it's hard to believe it. If I had an 18-foot anything in my right. garden, it would be blown over in about two minutes. 
Well, I think I have an 18-foot weed, you know, so an 18-foot crabgrass <laughs> somewhere back there. We're not talking about what's growing along the ground. But right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to, there's still plenty of things you could grow, Joel. Mm-hmm. You could still grow, uh, oh, you know, things like turnips and beets. You still have time to get some of the some of the short-season carrots and uh, and of course, you know, spinaches, uh, the miner's lettuce, uh, uh, you know, uh, Claytonia, arugula, radishes, all these things just, uh, they're looking forward to this cooler weather. Mm-hmm. And everything's nice and moist for them, and, and they'll start quickly. Uh, oh, tatsoi, uh, most of your lettuces are, are good to plant now, so there's still lots to do in the garden, old buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, I never give up. I always plant to do some late radish planting. I'll get a few of those. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I won't give you the radish either. No, <laughs> I think, I, you know, it's funny. It's a Vermont expression that I've been using since I came to Vermont. You know, when something yeah. breaks down, it's had the radish. Had and the I, radish, I, yeah. Yeah, and apparently nobody outside of Vermont knows what that means. I heard that on that uh <laughs> You know, away with words program that you sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say. Yeah, that, they, those guys. Somebody had submitted it from Vermont, saying, "I, you know, I walked, I was out of the state, and I said, oh, the lawnmowers had the radish,' and they said, what does that mean?' And and it's only in Vermont, and yet nobody knows the derivation either. But uh, oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh my they, gosh, I, I, the, I feel like I've been saying it my whole life, but now the, I think of it. The maybe, clo- maybe it was when I got here. The the most the, the the most feasible, at least in terms of my logic, is that uh, someone said something in French to the tune of you know it's broken for good, and it, yeah. it and it, within and I don't speak any French so and within that sentence is like something that sounds like radish you know it has the radish so yeah. it so <laughs> so it could have derived you know from uh, you know the french people french speaking people of which there were plenty yeah. in vermont and certainly north oh, of yeah. the border uh, yep, you know that that, that, yep. that kind of morphed into had the radish but at any rate uh everything here well, you today can still plant radishes <laughs> <laughs> and here at the at your favorite radio station the uh the air conditioning has had the radish, so uh, oh, no. today, so we've got all the windows open with the oh, air my conditioner. Gosh, that must be, oh, and you have all those, all that equipment, just you know, just heating everything up. Well, well, the, yeah. The last time we had a problem like this, we had to chase uh, the two neighbors' cats out, plus a couple of pigeons that flew in on the upstairs window. So. So, the only window I can think of is the one over there by the in the bathroom. That little, you know, oh, square yeah. little. That's where the itty bitty thing. Yeah, that's where that's the cat where the comes cat in. Is. That's where the cat comes in. The pigeons come in from the ones in the front of the building. Hopefully, they never meet cat and pigeon. But there we go. At any rate, had the had the radish. Yeah, there's, it, it is. There's so many things to harvest now. Yeah, you'd never guess this is a garden program. We invite our callers to call in at 802-244-1777 with your gardening comments, questions, etc. cetera. Uh, Peter is uh, here to, uh, well, uh, you know, through the miracle of electronics, is here to answer your questions, and uh, we certainly invite them. Yep. 
and uh, I think there's even a toll-free number, right? Yep. Uh, it'll. I think they. Well, I don't know if that still works. So, I mean, oh, I mean the yeah, toll-free well, number works, then. but I think most numbers are toll-free at this point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. So, um, so yeah, the potatoes, uh, they should be getting browned up and starting to fall over, and along with your onions and, um, of course, the garlic, uh, for sure. And uh, the, one of the questions I get frequently is, uh, how do I tell when my garlic is ready? And so some people sort of say, well, when two-thirds of the, of the top of it turns brown or, you know, all those other the best way, the simple best way is to pull one of the heads and cut it horizontally through, you know, through all the, the sections and look at it. And if you can see the sections, you know, if you can, if it's, you know, form that paper that wraps each one of the cloves in there, then you know you can harvest it. It's just that simple. You just cut it horizontal right straight through. And then, of course, you've got garlic for dinner, too. <laughs> if it, if it's not, it'll look just like an onion, just sort of solid. You know, it'll be just solid white meat in there. Got it, got it. And mm-hmm. so if, it, if it's solid, then it still needs time to ripen. So that's, that's – uh, um, and the same thing true with potatoes. If you have any question as to whether your potatoes are, are ready, you know, go to the – you know, find one of the one of the plants and just uh, you know pull it up and then dig down in and see if you have whole potatoes down there. Chances are, once they've flowered, or, uh, but this by this time of year they should be uh, in good shape to to harvest. So that, and then of course you know you should be harvesting beans by now, probably corn. Um, we had some wonderful uh, uh, corn that my brother brought from the Amish folks out in Pennsylvania, and uh, they brought them for us. Uh, they picked it one uh, one morning before they left and brought it out to us. We had it fresh mm, boy. Uh, that evening. So sounds great. Beautiful stuff. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm just back from New Jersey where uh, I saw all the. Beautiful fresh mm. corn there, but also uh, peaches growing oh, yeah. and so on. I'm a big peach fan. We, oh, I know it. Oh, we so, got peaches. The Pennsylvania peaches are <laughs> absolutely amazing. We got we have somebody but, on the line right now. Oh, okay, super. First name in town. Hi, this is Glenn in Brookfield. How are you guys? Good, Glenn. Okay. Good to hear from you. Good, good. Now we're talking peaches, and well, I just you just said that, but. Is there anything better than fresh peach pie? Mm, nothing. I, I agree. <laughs> that is my favorite, favorite pie. Fru- peach are my favorite fruit. Mm, absolutely wonderful. Yep. It is. Yep. I just wanted yep. to tell well, you about um, what we do with sweet corn. I don't know if anybody else does this, but it's worked great for us. We buy local sweet corn. It's really good. But we um, buy like a dozen ears and eat four of them. And uh, we, we cook it up, and then we cut the rest off the cob. We put it in freezer bags and freeze it. Well, we okay. did that as an experiment to see how it worked. That's the yeah. only way we do it now. It lasts yeah. all winter yeah. long. 
Isn't that amazing? That's great. That's great. It is. And I it mean, doesn't you wouldn't seem to lose. You could do that, but it's just that simple. You don't uh, parboil it or anything. You just cook it like you would normally. Yeah, that's it. And then bag it up, and you know we've had it in March, and it tastes just like the day we ate it. Yeah, isn't that great? That's super. So you. But do I don't know if anybody that. else did that, but I figured I'd share that. No, that's great. Uh, particularly if you if you uh, if you buy by the dozen is the cheapest. You get thirteen years, right? Yeah. <laughs> and my wife and I'll probably eat two years apiece, you know. And then you have yeah, all that same with us. Yep. Then we freeze so the rest, and we do that a few times, and you got lots of yep. corn for the winter. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, I hadn't actually thought of it. I always just figured, you know, you parboil it and cut it off. But that's great. While you're right there and you've got the water hot, and you've got your dozen there, you might as well go ahead and and uh, cut it off and freeze it. That's great. Uh, do, you, uh, do you put it out on a, uh, a cookie sheet or something, or do you just bag it right off? Just bag it right off. Couldn't be simpler Cut than that. Cut it off into a bowl and then put it in baggage. All right. <laughs> well, that's great, Glenn. Well, I, I uh, down, like I said, down in, in Cape Cod, and right in front of the cottage, they had uh, a pear tree, and it was the tallest pear tree I've ever seen. It had to be at least 50 foot tall, right straight up. And it was dropping pears right and left. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't oh, want to stand man. under it. But uh, this is the time, and of course, with pears, you want to pick them just a little bit on the on the unripe side and let them ripen in the cold cellar or in a garage, you know, someplace where it's a little cool. Otherwise, you know, they uh, you know if you pick them right, they turn to mush too quick. So, um, and I've got a well, few pear pears. trees on my pretty young good. young. What's that? I said fresh pears are pretty good. Oh yeah, you know what? I have. We've come to really enjoy is drying our pears. And, oh no, kidding! We just we we cut them in half and longwise, and and take the the stem and the seeds out, and just lay them out on the dryer, and they dry up just absolutely beautiful. And and honestly, they're they're like a whole different kind of fruit. They're chewy and moist and. Fantastic. Wow, I've never cool had a pro, uh, freeze dry pear. Well, that sounds ah, great. Oh, yeah. You don't yep, slice them up, you just uh, cut them in half, huh? I just cut them in half, yeah. Wow. You could slice them if you wanted yeah, to. I'm sure. that's, that's no problem. Uh, and then the other way I do them is sometimes uh, I'll core them and then cut them, you know, in the rounds. So there's a round circle in the center. And that, and that works ah. really well, too. That's, that's, that's a little cool. little faster drying. Huh. Wow. You know what? One thing I do, it doesn't involve a local crop except part, half of it, is that I slice bananas and put them on the dryer. And then on top of every banana slice, I just put a drop of maple syrup. And then I dry them that way. And there is no better candy than that. Oh, Man, yeah, you guys yeah. are making me hungry. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a whole new definition to the banana split, yeah, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You haven't lived well, until you've had one of Joel's banana split. Oh uh, well, I'm dry, as I'm as I'm as I'm drying as I'm drying them, uh, you know, on the thing in the kitchen and with the maple syrup, I'm singing, "Hey, Mister Tolly, man, Tolly, your my banana." My neighbor across the street hollering, "Tolly, your own banana," you know. So anyway, <laughs> Peter, I think Joel's been into his coffee. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. All right, Glenn. Thanks for the call. Right. I appreciate it. And thanks yep. for the show. Yeah, sure thing. Okay. <laughs> well, it's the garden version of car talk, I think, is what we've got going yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, there and you go. It is WDEV. It's a really nice folks that really can help you with your garden. In fact, anything that's uh, involved with uh, growing things and feeding things 12 mm-hmm. months a year are the fine sponsors go. of this program. Meet all of your gardening needs and desires at Dandelion Acres in Bethel. Make a statement with trees and shrubs. Grow your own vegetables and fruits with a selection of veggie starts, fruit trees, and berry bushes. And add color with annual and perennial flowers, including lush flowering hanging baskets. Don't forget the accents, unique statuary, pottery, and garden furniture. Plus, soils, fertilizers, and mulches. Everything you need and lots of things you want in one place. Dandelion Acres in Bethel, online at dandelionacres.com. And uh, our telephone lines are open at 802-244-1777 if you'd like to talk gardening with Peter Burke. And uh, once again from, well, I guess we do know where he is right now. Hopefully <laughs> hopefully you're not going to have happened what, uh, what happened to Ken one time. Ken pulled over uh, on the side of the road. And yeah. uh, to uh, call in for his uh, uh, dump program years ago, I think I think most listeners know this story. But a police police car was wondering what the heck a car was stopped along the side of the road, and he was asking for his license and registration. And Ken was saying, "I'm on the air, I'm on the radio." And he goes, "The cop goes, I want your license and registration." So, so we had we had a version of Dragnet, you know, the old radio series, right, right here on the radio. But uh, hopefully, you'll be spared that. And be uh, talking gardening for the, well, we got about uh, 35, 40 yeah. minutes as long as you care to talk gardening. <laughs> and somehow, somehow that seems absolutely appropriate for yes. the, the dump show. Though. <laughs> 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 so, uh, let's see now. Oh, uh, just one other note on the, on the harvesting side is that if you planted your pole beans, you still have another month of fresh beans so uh stay right at them make sure you uh harvest them so that they don't you know form beans and they will keep on producing right through till uh the first frost and it's a it's a you know by now you probably have picked most of your uh bush beans or are about to pick them but this is the reason that you want to plant uh, at least a few pole beans um uh, or what I do is uh, I have uh, two trellises trellis, with yeah. pole beans, yeah, and uh, that's about uh, 32 plants uh, in each one. So that you know that has been producing right along, but this will continue to produce 
um, right through to the first frost. Yeah, and so I, I, I tell you, I, I personally think that given the same variety of bean that uh, you mm. might grow as a bush bean and then you might grow as a pole bean, I think the, yeah. the pole bean varieties taste a little better, and uni- universally, I think so, whether it's my purple beans or my yellow ones or the various, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's well, just me, but it, uh, or the time of the year that they come up, but uh, I don't know. I, I think the pole beans are better. Well, there's there's two kinds of well, there's several kinds of, of green beans that are edible, and one is the Romano type. Oh, and that, good. Uh, that's the flat. That's the flat one, and those I think are more tender and certainly very flavorful, and. Uh, not that I have anything against uh, regular old, uh, you know, beans, you know, regular old green beans. But, uh, yeah, the pole beans, I'll grow the, uh, uh, I think it's called music, uh, and then a few other types of pole beans. And uh, they are just, um, they're just absolutely tender and delicious. And, and the more you pick them, the more they produce and the longer they produce. So, uh, get out there and make sure you're picking your pole beans, even though they're probably up about seven feet or six feet now. You know, you might need a stool or somebody tall to get to them. Yeah, I use, uh, yeah. I, I usually, um, don't, I never had the trellis for the beans, but I did the traditional yeah. three, oh, you the, know, the TP. Yeah, the yep. TP. They were great. The, uh, the only discouraging thing on the years that I don't take, uh, you know, preventive action with the deer is that yeah. when when the deer get the pole beans they go at right at head high they so in other words <laughs> anything above three feet is automatically dead after the yeah. after the yeah. deer show up so you know yep yep i had uh one year when the uh, uh the groundhog uh, did that he just went right down the road he could go right down, down to the bottom but yeah. for me it was definitely yeah, the deer you know three three or four feet yeah, high yeah. They, that's yeah. where the, the chewing started you know so uh, for fertilizer, really this time of year, what you're going to be doing is fertilizing mostly for next year. And that's where the soil test is a big help. And I know we talked about it before, and I'm kind of curious how many people actually are doing it or plan to do it or did it. And so this is the time, you know, to either do that soil test and, and make the adjustments in your in your fertility. As I've said many times, I did my soil test and it surprised the heck out of me. Um, and uh, what I found is that compost is really not an ad- adequate uh, soil amendment for nitrogen. You really need something that's high in nitrogen. And the other thing that I was short on is sulfur, but I would have never known that without the soil test. So um, I'm curious if anybody out there did that and to see what their results are. Do you get? Do you uh, use the kit, or do you send it off to a UVM or someplace? I send it off. Yeah, yeah. I do too. I, I found, uh, in, and the place in Ohio was talking about that. Uh, oddly enough, the guy's name is Bill McKibben. You know, <laughs> That's I, right. I, I did a double take. It was like, oh yeah. Yeah, he's written a couple of books. The both, I mean, both Bill McKibbins obviously are authors. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. So and. Uh, um, uh, anyway, and then uh, I actually paid the extra have to to have a phone interview with him, and he read through it all and said, "Okay, this is." Uh, he's the one who really pointed out the the uh, the need for more nitrogen, and not just more compost. 
And it was after I read that book called The Intelligent Gardener uh, that uh, that I realized uh, uh, that I needed to check uh, to check the whole spectrum of of um, uh, of fertilizers. Yeah. Well, the, I tell you, the, the book is The Intelligent Gardener. Yeah. Uh-huh. I yep. was. I was, For some reason, I wasn't interviewed for that book. I don't know why not. But <laughs> neither was I. That's why I read the book. <laughs> but but I, yeah, the point I was going to make though is that uh, yeah, I think at UVM, but also a couple of other places. I, I also sent one off to Cornell. They have a soil test, and then for a, you know a few dollars more, they have a more detailed soil test. Mm-hmm. And I would get the more detailed. It is so informative. Yep. You know, uh, especially especially if you send two. You know, because I've got two really distinct areas of my yep. property. One where the the uh, you know where the clay soil is more dominant, and others where truckloads mm-hmm. of topsoil yep. have been brought in, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, uh, you know, it's like on two different planets. It's really the results that are sent back, oh. but the uh, the the more detailed ones that it's worth a couple of extra dollars is what I'm trying to say to really yeah. get a handle on uh, what's right and what's wrong with uh, your you know the conditions of your soil. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, Joel. That that I did the same thing, and uh, as well as um, you know doing the interview with him, and particularly this is my first really in depth. Uh, uh, soil test, you know, where I sent it away and and look at all the details. Uh, it was really helpful to go ahead and talk to him, and and he really pointed out important things. So, um, and I too have two different, you know, I've got my 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 uh, upper garden and my lower garden. The lower garden, of course, is gone now after the fire, but the upper garden I still have, and so making adjustments uh, was. Um, was really important because that's a really clay soil. I mean that when you, I would double dug these beds up there, and it was all that gray clay. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but you can actually, you can actually bounce on it. It has that kind of give. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what I found was that my asparagus did not like that one bit. <laughs> they they never grew well in that that heavy clay soil. So. Uh, but anyway, so the, uh, the bugs still, um, the tomato hornworm is, is, uh, is, is there to watch for. Um, when, uh, my grandson saw it, they thought, oh, cool, you know, they went and got a jar and stuck in some grass and twigs and stuff and wanted to watch it. And, uh, but, uh, other than that, you know, you, you want to, uh, pick and dunk, <laughs> put them mm-hmm. in the soapy water just to get rid of them or, you know, you can squish them too, you know, but, uh, um, you definitely don't want to leave them on. So that's still probably a problem. And the same thing is double check for the, the, um, cabbage worm. Mm-hmm. And again, still, they will go for three or four cycles right through, you know, right through into the fall. So if you see them, make sure that you're spraying the uh, thergicide or uh, the Captain Jacks, the spinicide, uh, spinicide and uh, um, well, neem is okay for it, but uh, I found that the thergicide is probably the most effective. So mm-hmm. um, that's to watch out for, particularly for your late blooming coal plants. Your cabbage is like a you know, like your cabbage heads, uh, 
um, you know, your Brussels sprouts, your kales, all those that are going to grow for another, oh, maybe 60 days, maybe two months. So if if you see them, uh, if you don't see the butterflies, go and check to see if you see the little green worms. And if you do, make sure you're spraying and make sure you're you're taking the worms off. Mm-hmm. And that way you'll have your, your cabbage plants right on through till November. And that's that's well well worth the effort, you know, on the on the bug front. And speaking um, of bugs, uh, in uh, yep. the Times Argus uh, this weekend, uh, interesting article on uh, uh, dogwood trees. There, there's a larva of the sawfly, and oh, it's, yeah. uh, the have you seen those Hymenatoptera? It's, it's very easy to uh, see a dogwood tree that's been hit with these caterpillars. They, uh, when, yeah. when we get to see the caterpillars, they're white. They're kind of translucent when they're, when they, when they're little, but then they develop this uh, white, uh, gooey stuff on them and they turn white. Later at maturity, they kind of get black with some yellow. But at any rate, um, they, they will skeletonize these leaves. They're almost beautiful yeah. little works of art, except yeah. if you want to, if you, you know, if you like the dogwood trees yeah. on your yeah. property, they can do a number on them. The only, the only good thing about this is that unlike some of the other pests, there's only one season per year. So if, uh, you know, you take some action, they're not going to come back during the same calendar year. But, uh, yeah, Hymenitoptera, those white caterpillars, and uh, they seem to just like the dogwood trees, but uh, lots of dogwoods here in Vermont. And uh, I've seen a few of these. And the uh, article uh, from the Times Argus today, so very interesting. And it all com- comes from Anne Hazelrig of the UVM Extension, who uh, put in some very useful information. And I just might update because I also see in the Times Argus the mention of that of that uh, uh, sunflower, and I was wrong. I said 18 feet 7 inches. It's 18 yeah. feet 11 inches. Can you believe that? <laughs> a 19-foot, oh almost 19-foot sunflower breaking oh the God. existing record, and it's there for you to see at the Champlain Valley Fair. And if oh you can man. get John Young to tell you how he got it that to, to grow 18 feet 11 inches, I'd like oh. to know. Oh, I know how he would tell me. Oh, we just feed it and you'll water it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah we, get, we we feed it roast beef sandwiches or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like trying to get the, the people with the, uh, the giant pumpkins to That's tell you right. how they do it. <laughs> exactly. The, one, one guy that, you know, either he was a super con man, you know, either he was going to, you uh-huh. know, sell me the Brooklyn Bridge again. Uh, yeah. he told me that he, he plants them close together in big patches, his sunflowers, and the ones in the middle are trying, they're all competing for the sun as they grow, and the ones uh-huh. in the middle have to be taller than the ones on the edge in order to, to uh-huh. get any sun at all. So a big patch all grown close together, the guys in the middle, and then he really fertilizes those guys in the middle and so that they can stay a little higher than the ones around him. So it sounds logical, but then again, I'll believe anything, you know. (laughs) Exactly. It was only last year that they told me about Santa Claus, and, you know, I'm I'm still still heartbroken, (laughs) you know. And, and the that's very yeah. yes. 
Oh, so I haven't heard any uh, news about late flight as much as I thought we would be really fighting it right now. Knock on wood, um, yes. So, so knock on wood, yeah. Uh, the powdery mildew has seemed to calm down in my garden, but uh, uh, again, it may be a, a problem. Uh, uh, so you you want to at least be prepared to to do that to spray for those. Um, the powdery mildew, of course, is the the milk, and the late blight is the copper copper fungicide. So those are the things that you still have to keep a watch out for. Um, uh, and then, what else could we harvest uh, right about now? Oh man, just about everything. You should have your peppers and your eggplants, your basil. You know, the more you harvest, the more you pick it. The more it'll produce, and that's a that's so. This is the time of year that you have the basil and, and uh, the parsley, and your garlic is all ready to go. And so you're just halfway to to making the pesto for for the winter storage. And this and, year, this year, one of my perennials, the Greek oregano, is doing very well. Oh, is that right? And, yeah, and for some reason, very flavorful, even as green. I I, I always dry it, but uh, yeah. you know you can use it green and uh, oh, very nice. You know, very nice. Yeah. Now, uh, most chefs say that dried oregano, uh, when in cooking, is actually has is more flavorful. Yes. But I've got some uh, oregano uh, growing in that uh, tower. I showed mm-hmm. you the yeah. picture of the tower with the thirty cells. So I put parsley, sage, rosemary, thyme, oregano, basil. You know, <laughs> sounds like a Simon and Garfunkel record you've got it going. It does, in your gut. yeah. I, I and I did them right in order: parsley, sage, rosemary, <laughs> thyme. You know, just just so that when I went out, I'd remember which one was which. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. That's a great mnemonic device, if I may use. Is that good? What, what yeah. I, I think we have someone else on the line with us here. First name in town. Hi, this is Cindy calling from North Faston. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Love hearing from you. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Happy summer. Yep. Um, yeah. I, when you guys were talking before about um, the, uh, the, um, the sunflower leaves, and I grow a lot of hollyhocks up here at my house, and I I have both that fun, that kind of fungus stuff I just ripped. The leaves are huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and but I took them off. I had a uh, you know pair of scissors, and I just popped them off, and they're going to be yeah. a lot happier. It's yellow squash, and the squash is doing fine and everything. But I think I caught it in the nick of time. Yeah, um, yeah, it sounds not. like you did. But you could you could go ahead and give them a spray of uh, something like the Serenade or even the uh, yeah. Um, what do you use it? You know, that rust stuff. Yeah, rust yeah, yeah. Yep. Serenade uh, or... And if you, if you think it was really bad, you could use a regular old fungicide, like the copper fungicide. That would oh, definitely... copper. That was uh, it. Okay, I knew yeah, there was something. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah well, it uh, was last year. It was worse last year than it is this year, so I'm gaining. Yeah. <laughs> and, and kind of, you know, that's what I was expecting. I really have, you know, I saw my comfort plants were just absolutely covered. I, I don't think I've ever seen them covered like that. Like with it that rust usually... in them. With the uh, the powdery uh, not the, mildew, yeah, yeah, the powdery mildew, yeah, mm-hmm. and it it definitely, um, you know, 
definitely uh, killed, you know, set him back. Yeah. But that's yeah. Right. That it makes a flat thing. not happy. That's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, well, I the eradicate, country, but they were huge. You know, they were like Adam and yeah. Eve or something. <laughs> 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 anyway. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well. Oh, so that would that's uh, she's Holly and he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> They're just out there, you know, like getting it, having fun growing up. <laughs> Maybe. I got it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> so you got nice nice blossoms. What colors are they? Oh, brilliant! Like deep orange, like rich orange, oh. like like a. Oh, um, nice. On those on those yellow squash, yeah, they yeah, are like yeah. the kind you could eat. But I'm always afraid to cook them because I always think I'm going to wilt them to smithereens or something. But uh, I, they're I, pretty hardy, particularly if you stuff them with something like a, mm-hmm. you know, ricotta or um, you know something like that. Treat them like pasta. If you stuff them, that keeps the, keeps the interior moist. You know, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yep. And, and some of those uh, squashes you could actually um, go ahead and use in your salad, too, some of the squash right. flowers. Right. They're gorgeous. I, they're so healthy looking. I don't know why, because they're, well, maybe because uh, the big leaves took all the, the wrap <laughs> for them so they could grow. But now it's time, it's their turn to yeah. grow. Yeah. Uh, that That's was, that was fun Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. All right, Cindy, good luck with your hollyhocks. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I have um, in the middle of my driveway, which in wintertime gets completely plowed over. The plowman doesn't even know this exists, but I have like 10 or 12-foot um, sunflowers growing there. <laughs> it's like oh. an island like an <laughs> in the summertime, <laughs> but I never would know it was there in the winter. I can't, certainly can't be oh, perennial. Yeah, you cut them down during the winter, and then yeah. it plows right over them, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, well he has to to get you know make the driveway work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. it's like creating a whole new a little planting your own island during the summer. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. I love hearing your show. Both you oh, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, you take care. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I'll keep my ears tweaked. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Yep. Uh, Joe, do we need to take a break? I noticed well, it was one thirteen. Are that, we are we due for a break? Or that that would work. Up? That would work. Okay, and okay. Uh, we have All another right, fifteen twenty minutes of the program. If anybody wants to give us a buzz at eight zero two two four four one seven seven seven, that would work. That line is open right. right now. And once again, the reminder about Dandelion Acres, a great website, dandelionacres.com. They're open right now, uh, 10 to 7, Tuesday through Sunday, right there on Route 107 in Bethel. But also, they sponsor our um, In the Garden podcast. If you'd like to listen to previous programs anytime, go to wdevradio.com. Thanks to Dandelion Acres. Peter, we've got a couple of callers on the line, so let's first right. let's, let's first go. Right it, yep, let's first go to Sheila in West Glover. Hi, Hi Sheila. Sheila in West Glover. Welcome. So I'm hey. here. I've heard you talk about peaches. Yeah. I just made an amazing peach salsa. Mm. Oh, oh, uh, peach salsa. Uh, yeah. We'll be With right my over. Local red onions <laughs> and garlic, and I have made some blackberry vinegar and 
Oh, my goodness. It's so good. It's Blackberry, you made blackberry vinegar? I did. Oh, fantastic. Should I, I ask vinegar, you I grew the onions. I did not grow the peaches, but, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds wonderful. Well, right now we're lucky that this is peach season, and we've yeah. we've had a bowl of of the Pennsylvania peaches, uh, uh, you know, in this in, in the centerpiece for a few weeks now. Anyway, I know, and it's great been when you get the. But yeah. I decided to spice it up a bit. That sounds great. It's that amazing. sounds great. It's a it's a whole it's sort of like a a, a chutney, you know the. The sweet and uh, savory uh, flavors together. (laughs) Yeah, so something else to do with peaches. Mm, Sounds wonderful. Yeah, sounds great. But let's go back to that blackberry vinegar. That sounds uh, sounds great. I, I, you know, I had so much fun making that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had you had the blackberries and your squash. I had the blackberries. I put them in some. Uh, I think it was last year, so, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. been a year old now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Black beer vinegar. Wow, it sounds great. Yeah. It's, uh, I, try you know, that. of course, I'm the, a big fan of the balsamic vinegar. We use that. Uh, yeah. I use that in my, that. Uh, yeah, yeah, in my yeah. Greek salad. And yeah, sometimes I've on made pizza. Um, some raspberry vinegar. Some apple cider vinegar and blackberry vinegar. Yeah. I have those oh, all in my house. And wow. I poured those over the uh, peaches and aroma, uh, the, the tomatoes, and it's a little spicy. And, yep, yeah, you just eat it with chips, or do you make a... a I just the, uh, I don't even know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I just barely made it. I had these peaches, and I had to, oh, I didn't want them to go to waste, so... Yeah, yeah, you got to yep. think of something. Well, I have yep. two grandsons, so the peaches never last very long. But you know, who could argue with a kid who wants to have fruit? You know, exactly. <laughs> they would love this. It's a little spicy. Uh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Well, one of my spicy, grandsons is, is but, actually loves spicy stuff. Oh my gosh, stuff, it's so. amazing! I love it. Yeah. Well, well, that that sounds delish. Well, thank 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 you for calling. I really appreciate. It. I brought a basket of uh, peaches up from uh, New Jersey where I was visiting. Well, that's, that's where these peaches came from. Yes, and uh, <laughs> I came from South yeah. Jersey. Yeah, I'll tell you one quick story. Uh, where uh, I was about fifty miles. I had to go to an event, but I was about fifty miles from where, as a kid, I would visit my grandfather and. And up the road from my grandfather, and then up a hill, a big hill from that, was the farm of a man named Mr. Kummerak. And he had his uh, house, his farmhouse, and his barns were on the top of this big hill. And going all the way down the hill was his peach orchard. So from the top of the hill, he could see, has a good view of his own peach orchard. And, well, there'd be a lot of tourists visiting the area, beautiful South Jersey area. And every now and then one would pull along, you know, pull off the road, uh, going up that hill and climb over the fence. Obviously they were there to pick a few peaches. If, uh, oh, yeah. Mr. Kummerak saw that or one of his family members said, hey, pop, there's someone in the orchard. 
he would come out of the house, stand on top of his tractor, fire his shotgun straight up in the air, and those people would just scramble out of that porch, <laughs> and those cars would speed away. Hallelujah. Yeah. Absolutely. Those are the best peaches. So I've made some amazing peach sauce yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. Well, that's mm. great. Wonderful. Hey, we got another caller on the line, so uh, thank you so much, Sheila. Let's, yep. uh, let's okay. keep, not Bye-bye. keep Ryan waiting any longer. Let's see if I can do this and then push that. And uh, if I'm lucky, Ryan is still there. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hello. Hey, how's it going, I, uh, Good, thank you. It's not raining. <laughs> yeah. Which is I good. It's good because we've got cleanup Vermont flooding uh, going on in a number of areas here, including uh, locally where, where we are uh, out on uh, Rowe Field down there. Uh, they gathered in Duxbury earlier this morning. And, of course, raining then, but it's, uh, it seemed to have stopped now, so that's good. They're getting some work done. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so unfortunate that the the government and the state can't help out more, but yeah, well, <laughs> Vermonters stick together and get it done. Yep, yep. Few would argue on that point, but uh, yeah, on both points. Let me tell you, you know, when the uh, so, people really have shown their best sides during all of this, and uh, commend everybody that's uh, pitching in. Yep. My question yeah, is: like, as we get towards harvest season, yeah, what can we trim off for leaves that will help the plant produce? more and what should we not trim um okay uh what specifically um i'm gonna ask about the marijuana plant should we trim leaves off before harvest or should we leave them on and um a few others like tomato plants show you what needs to go first and then your beans and stuff like that so uh, let me start backwards. Uh, the beans, you you don't need to prune those at all. The, those you just leave, and and the, the plant will drop off what it what it doesn't want. Um, tomatoes, uh, I always say you you trim all the branches off up to the first flower, and then the you print you you trim all the the branches off up to the second set of flowers, and then you just keep going up. So there really is only maybe uh, four or so branches at the very top that the plant needs. Uh, the plant sure. will will cut off all those ones down below. And actually, it's it's almost identical process for your pot plants. You can you can uh, trim off all the the side branches. So that that encourages the the uh, the bud um, to fill out because that's what you want to harvest is the buds. Okay, and, great. Uh, Thank you, guys. What, uh, what other any other what other plants were there? It was just those three, right? Um, yeah, specifically, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing is the powdery mildew, but I'm pretty sure uh, just mix up some Dawn dish soap and. Um, a few other ingredients. Yeah, you could try out. that insecticidal soap. Uh, the milk, or, or if even if you use the Dawn dish soap, put a little uh, uh, baking soda in there, baking powder in there, and uh, or some milk. You know, either one. Very alkaline, and that's what you want to do. Is you want to change the pH on those leaves to something more alkaline. Uh, 
so yeah. that the, the mold uh, will that will kill the mold and, and uh, you know protect it in, in the long run. It just needs a film, and and even though probably it'll only form on the top of the leaves, I I'd take the sprayer and go ahead and dip it underneath the leaf so that it's the whole leaf is wet. And the sooner you get to it, the better, you know. Um, if you really have a, a, a bad uh, case of it, then you can use the fungicide, the copper fungicide. But those home remedies generally work pretty well. Um, and But like I said, depending, if you have a really bad outbreak, you might want to use the big, bigger gun there with the uh, copper fungicide. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, sure. And uh, the Captain's Jacks works great. It's just uh, gone up in price quite a bit. Um, <laughs> like I, everything else. Oh, my God. You've been in the grocery store? Whoa. Um, I'm really fortunate this year uh, not to have as wet of a year as we've had. Yeah. Um, I've had more problems in the past with the powdery mildew on a dry year. I'm not sure right? what's going on with that, but I expected yeah, to have a huge problem this year. But uh, I'm not. Uh, so. Yeah. Well, it figures. I was predicting a huge problem with it. Of course, I'm probably the only one who had it. <laughs> no, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> okay, thank you, guys. All right. Thanks for the call, Ryan. Okay, thank you very much. I Let us see. We've got some more calls on the line, and I do want to get to okay. all of them. So let us okay, uh, first check in with uh, Trudy in Braintree. Push this button, Joel, and then push this button. Trudy, you're on hey, the air. <laughs> uh, good afternoon. This is just a quick comment of success. Okay, Last year, great. I was inundated with uh, cucumber beetles. Yeah. This year, someone gave me some scraggly little marigolds, and okay. I planted them in the corners of my raised beds with my squash and my cucumbers, and early on, yeah. I had one cucumber beetle. No kidding. That's great. That's great. I heard you had the benefit of, of a wonderful fragrance. They are, the, at least the ones I planted, they were so fragrant. You'd walk by know. or brush them and, you know, it just, you, you'd smell it all throughout the garden. You'd have that I wonderful fragrance. I don't know if I've noticed fragrance on them. I haven't really taken the time yeah. to smell them, I know. Yeah, yeah take your <laughs> hand over I, don't, I only had that one bit. cucumber beetle early on, which I killed, and I haven't seen one since the marigold oh, that's started. that's terrific. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll and let someone else have the phone. Oh, okay. All right. Thanks, Trudy. Okay, mm-hmm. Trudy. Uh, thank you very much. And what do we have uh, next here? No is like a dream come true. She's sweet and unaffected. Everything Nola seems to do is really unexpected. Nola has twinkling eyes of blue and cherry lips perfected. Everything nice like sugar and spices. Nola. Except your eyes are brown. I can see through the uh, through our special. Hi, hi, Nola. Hi there. Hi. You're too good. You guys are too good. Um, this isn't a story directly about gardening, but it is a story about working with people. Yeah. That's what your show is all about. So if you have a moment, I'll share it with you. It's been Go a month it. out from knee surgery and back hiking to the beaver pond with my beautiful dog and my husband. I'm cutting the grass again. That was a really good thing to do. Certainly working in my gardens. So Thursday morning, I'm working in the greenhouse washing greens in the outdoor sink and the phone rings. 
and it's our new neighbors next door. They've only been here for about six months. We like them, but they're quiet people. And the neighbor was sharing, we need help, we need help. And my first thought was, I'm going to help somebody. This is so great. I miss helping people so much. He said, and and this was validated by all the noise we had heard just moments ago. Well, you see, we're getting a refrigerator delivered, and the the truck can't make it down the driveway because the truck's too big, and it's knocking down all the spruce branches and all the maple branches. Can we borrow your your, uh, little blue pickup truck? I said, sure. (laughs) So... The neighbor comes over, and we had to unload the pickup truck, which we had loaded with stuff to take to the dump. We unloaded it, and I gave him the keys, and he looked in the truck, and he said, Oh, it's a stick. I said, Yeah. I said, (laughs) He said, I've never driven one. So I said, Well, it's been a month and three days since I've driven. Let's give it a try. So I get in the truck and I'm thinking, my knee, can my knee do it? You can do it, little old knee. So we drive to the truck parked at the bottom of their driveway, which is the part of our road that we call Suicide Curve because people rip around it fast. (laughs) And the two delivery guys are there. Hey, lady, back right up to this truck so we can get this damn refrigerator over here. So (laughs) they get it in my pickup truck. And then their driveway, our neighbor's driveway is wonderful and long we have to drive up the driveway and i gotta go slow and here we have on one side of the truck a delivery guy on the other side a delivery guy and i'm thinking oh god you better drive safe you know they're inches away they're trying to balance the refrigerators we go up the driveway so we're going real slow and i'm thinking you can do it you can do it you can do it slow and steady yeah yeah it was just, we finally get to the house. Okay, lady, back right up here to these steps so we can get this thing in the house. So I, I'm thinking, oh, you got to back up. Don't hit the house. Don't hit the steps. <laughs> just the real so nervous, pasta. which I shouldn't yeah. be, but I was. And we get to the steps. All right, we're going to get it out now. So they get it out and, uh. Those steps need some help because every step they took with this refrigerator, the steps went, but thankfully they didn't break. So they got it out of the truck, and I'm thinking, okay, I guess I I helped a little, didn't I? But then the guy says, no, don't you go. We got another refrigerator in the house here. We got to take it back to the truck. Oh, no. We did the same thing in reverse. And what a wonderful feeling it was, not so much to drive, just to help. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and and, can, and your knee held your knee held out. It did held out, and that was kind uh, of a gratifying little bit you, of getting you, better all the time as the beetle. You passed the test. And, yeah, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for the show, and just a, another point for beans. We planted late this year. Planted a bean from. Uh, Seed Savers Exchange, and okay. I think the variety is called Golden Sunset or something. It's a climbing bean. We planted them out back in the tomato house my husband had built several years ago. Tomatoes didn't do well. thought maybe these will do well. And right before the knee surgery, we put string down from the top of the tomato house to reach the little three, four-inch plants. We were out there this past week 
they're the tomato house is eight feet tall. The yeah. beans are like, we're out of here. <laughs> just climbing <laughs> yeah, way high up in the sky. Yeah, plants yeah. are amazing. Plants are just yep. they bring smiles all the time, and I don't think any giraffes will come and graze on them. So. <laughs> you know, you you can't you can top them, and they'll put out a side shoot. So if you get to the top of your trellis and you, or you just can't reach them, you can, you can go ahead and, and uh, clip them off, and they'll start to put out some side shoots. All right. Well, that will be yeah. my next physical challenge. Yeah. You, just have <laughs> you still to got uh, four the top weeks of the anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I want them to grow. They're beautiful, and they have little tiny beans now, so I want them oh, to be yeah. happy. So uh, I wish you folks a happy week. Thanks, Nora. I appreciate the call. Sure do. Uh, Thanks. Thank story. you, Nora. Yeah. Thank okay. you. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, Peter, I think we will be here next week, right? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. We're right back to our regular schedule. Perfect. I think we've yep. got either three or four more shows, and then we're done for the year. So. Okay. So that's something to look forward to, our next week's program, and uh, after our week hiatus and uh, our electronic connections from uh, points unknown seem to work out uh, perfectly well. Have a safe drive the rest of the rest of the trip. Do you go to the bay side of uh, of uh, the, the Cape, do. or yeah? yeah. We, we were on the bay side of Easton, and uh-huh. uh, it was wonderful because you can the kids can go so far out because it's very shallow on the bay side yeah. and the water is, is is nice and warm you know you don't get that that freezing cold atlantic stuff and uh the bay side is great that's I mean, where i use that's really where we used to visit and yeah. um yeah uh what and this is when i was a kid when i was in high school with my uh, my friend bruce yeah. lawton he his family had a place there and uh, it's long gone but way out there there was an old rusted battleship way out on the oh, bay really? yeah that uh, and and uh, the <laughs> air force would be shooting you know would be bombing it it was like a, no. for, for test purposes i have a postcard of the thing so clo- <laughs> we never get close up they didn't let anybody get that far out yeah, to get close up to it yeah, nobody in their right mind would. But the picture of the big rusted boat was just full of holes because they had been shooting at it for years. And then finally, I think they uh, before it sunk, they, they towed it away or dismantled it or did whatever. But uh, we had so much fun watching that watching that thing and and uh, enjoying enjoying the the bay side of the of the Cape. And of course, we'd go up to Provincetown and have ourselves a, a party every now and, yep. and then. Yep. So, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you. All right, buddy. And, and we where will, will we see each week. other next uh, next week? Right in the studio. I'll be right there in the garden. In the garden. Yeah, that's where. Yeah. That's good. Sounds that's like a good place to be. be. All okay. right, buddy. Take care. <laughs> bye bye. Gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden, brought to you by the Willie's Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro, one of those they've-got-everything-you-need type of stores. By Poly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington, where one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway, right there on East Montpelier Road. 
by these flowers in garden shop, flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and more. They're right there in Waitsfield. By Menard's family-owned True Value Store, an institution unto itself, right there in the heart of Morrisville on Brooklyn Street. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester, top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972, right across the street from the spanked puppy. Visit both when you're out there. Sticks and Stuff in Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center, multiple locations. Find out store locations, hours, all their special sales at sticksandstuff.com. By PNR Lumber, Route 15 in Wolcott, family milled lumber for all projects. Check out PNR Lumber on Facebook. By Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Guy'sFarmandYard.com. And by Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel on Route 107. They sponsor the In the Garden podcast. And they're open right now. DandelionAcres.com. We will see you during the noon hour, 1230 next Saturday here with Peter Burke in the garden.